the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. At 6.03, it's already the final hour of the Stefan Tubbs Show. Four hours flies by. And, uh, man, I'm so grateful I've got another three hours tomorrow. Randy Corcoran sitting in. Aaron Lapidus will be here for Stefan on Monday. Stefan will be back in the saddle on Tuesday. He's at a high school reunion. So God bless the Tubster. So many other things I wanted to get to tonight. And um, we'll just save them for tomorrow. We'll see what we can squeeze in here in this final hour. Everybody who's on the line, sit tight, though, because I want to introduce folks who don't know him and just reacquaint regular listeners to my show with my old friend Kay Carl Smith. And I was just, um, I mentioned in the first hour that uh, the reason I thought about inviting him on is because Thursday we had our national weekly prayer call with the RNC, volunteer call in, and uh, it's just a wonderful little break in the day. And K. Carl Smith was our featured speaker, and he got to pray for us, and he told everybody the story of Frederick Douglass Republicans. And it was just so great to hear from him. And I got to thinking, now, how long have I known this guy? So I went back, and I, I saw that we hadn't texted in, since, like, January 2021, which is ridiculous. Um, I have run into him at some Republican events in the past, but nothing really recently. And I went back and looked. And I saw that his book, Frederick Douglass Republicans, The Movement to Reignite America's Passion for Liberty, came back came out in April of 2011. So my friend Kay Carlman, you have been banging away now on this deal for 10 or 12 years. I'm so proud of you, and thank you for giving us some time here in Denver tonight. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for making me feel old. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll tell you. Can you believe how the years have gone by? I, I cannot. It, it doesn't seem like it's been since 2011 that book has come out. And, of course, I, I got started becoming very active politically in 2008. So, yeah, I, but time yeah. flies by. But yeah, you were. It's, 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 all, it's all great. We were all part of, if not the Tea Party itself, the the movement, the activist movement that got started after the in the response to the Bush years and the financial crash and yeah. Obamacare yeah. being shoved down our throat and all of those things that just really woke people up in America. And you know, we want things to change yesterday, but you're talking about a massive country, ideologies that have been been shoved down our throat literally for decades. And it takes time to turn this Titanic around. But, man, I don't know how you're feeling going around the country, and we'll get into it. I am feeling pretty good. Yeah. I see a great awakening around America. I, I do. And I think there's a new dawn on the horizon. Things may seem bleak, dark, and uh, people have despair right now. But, but I read the last chapter of the book. Satan does not win. And believe it or not, we are in a spiritual battle. This is good versus evil right now. It's not Democrat versus Republican. It's good versus evil. And we're going to win this thing, but there's some things that we have to do to uh, make sure that that happens. And I believe, Randy, with, with a God-given uh, strategy and approach, 
You can't put a time frame on God. God can make things happen in one or two election cycles. So when, that's that's my hope and that's my uh, my, my my optimist being so optimistic about the future because I know there's a God that's in play. When you see the the gyration sexuality in front of you know kindergartners and you see the just the the looks on faces of some of these left wing radical activists, the evil the screaming, the wailing, the body contortions, it's hard to get away from demonic um, involvement, demonic possession. I, I do feel like we're in the battle for salvation, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a privilege to be alive in these times and be a part of that battle. And and you're right, man, we can't move it any faster than it's going to move. But we can, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can come up, we can wake up every day, come to it with good cheer, a, a strengthened heart, and the will to to see it through no matter what it takes, and know that there's going to be pain, loss, and perhaps death along the way. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think what you're seeing happening right now, you're seeing in full display the reprobate mind of Marxist liberals. <laughs> God has turned them into that reprobate mind. They can't distinguish right from wrong. Uh, and I just put it this way. Anybody that embraces infanticide will do anything. And that's what we're seeing play along with those people aligning themselves and calling them Marxist liberals. You wouldn't know this, but um, broadcasting right here near Denver, Colorado, the, my, my home state, my beloved home city that's been just devastated by, you know, years and years and years of Democrat control. And this state is was the first state in the union to to legalize the killing of babies in the womb, abortion. And it mm-hmm. now has has abortion laws that are are more extreme than some third world countries, where you can literally abort a baby as it's coming out of the birth canal. Well, you know we, we have a fight on our hands, don't we? And uh, and, yet, and that's why. Pe- go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. People, yeah, people like you and I, people who are uh, lovers of liberty, freedom advocates, we have to get in the trenches. And, and I think the answer is to save this nation. I think it really lies in, in two two aspects, three aspects. Number one, to save this nation, it's going to require individual Americans to get involved. Number one, it's not going to come from the top down. There's no cavalry coming. We're the cavalry. Number two, I think what, what we have to do, we we have why well, we have to do, we have to focus on those values and those principles, and ignite a passion for liberty that make um, uh, our country exceptional. And those are God-given rights. That's what separates from any other country, our God-given rights. And so we got to reignite America's passion for liberty for those principles. And the third thing is the best way to reignite America's passion for liberty is to articulate the liberty message of Frederick Douglass, because Douglassism is the most effective liberty message to defeat Marxism. For people who've been listening to the show since we started in the 5 o'clock hour, last hour, we had uh, Priscilla Ron, current vice chair of the Colorado State GOP, who has always identified herself to me as a Frederick Douglass Republican. I know you've been in Colorado many times. Uh, we've been together here. Do you know Priscilla? Most definitely. Yeah. And she did a... I, 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 Go ahead. Yeah. I, I came down to Denver when she was running for that vice chair seat, and I came down to help her and did a fundraiser for her. Interesting. Terri- ter- ter- terrific, powerful individual, committed, 
and truly a Frederick Douglass Republican. Well, now I'm going to have to go see if we communicated during that period, because if you came into town and I didn't know about it, then you and you and I got some talking to do, pal. Well, you, you got to blame. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't blame me. You got, you got to get on the phone That's... and you got to call our good, our good friend, Casper. <laughs> all right. That's, I'll do that for sure. I'm, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it all on Casper, okay? Very, very good. Casper's <laughs> name pops up an awful lot around here on 710 KNUS. Good man. Casper's another, another, yeah. Another Frederick Douglass Republican. Yeah. Powerful. So it was so great to hear you. I had no idea um, who was I, – I just call into these prayer calls on Thursday. Never know who's going to be there. It was so great to hear your voice. We got to talk a minute um, after the, the prayer and everything. Um, but I was really um, – I was really impressed and excited to hear about exactly what you're working on right now. So let me just step out of the way and let you talk a little sure. bit about what it means to be a Frederick Douglass Republican. Um, I, just so you know, in the, at the opening of the show, I played a minute, that minute uh, from Rush Limbaugh that I yeah, swiped yeah. off of your website about to stop using yeah. the labels that have been so demeaned. And, uh, and that so, fits so, right in with I, what you've been preaching a long time. That's right. So you can see that Rush Limbaugh agrees with me, right? Hundred percent. And uh, so this whole Frederick Douglass Republican for the your listening audience who's never heard this message and me talk before, uh, in lieu of saying conservative because that word has been so demonized by the left, the best way to identify yourself politically where you could be on the offense all the time and not the defense is not to use the word Republican, but to identify yourself as a Frederick Douglass Republican. And I came up with that phrase based on my frustration of being called an Uncle Tom and a sellout for years. I said, there got to be a better way. And it, and it made no sense to me. Why am, I, why am I keep using a word, conservative, when I know it's not going to bring me to any kind of victory or, or help me to have a conversation with people? Normally, when I use the word conservative, I don't have conversation with people. I have confrontation. And that's not how we're going to win. So, uh, so a Frederick Doug's Republican is a person who embraces the life-empowering values of Douglas. It has nothing to do with your skin color. And one of those life-empowering values, respect for the U.S. Constitution, respect for life, the belief in the limited power of government, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, religious liberty, free speech, school choice or parental choice, um, the right to vote. Frederick Douglass wrote about all these things. These, these, the, the tenets of liberty, these core conservative values, of course, we don't use conservative values. We call them life-empowering values. So that's what a Frederick Douglass Republican is, a person who embraces the life-empowering values of Douglass. In Lewis saying conservative, uh, so Frederick Douglass is the way how we can help us better articulate our, what we believe in as conservatives by leveraging what Frederick Douglass had to say about those things. Because how can you argue with a runaway slave when he had this great affirmation from the founding fathers and the Constitution? The left has no answer for Frederick Douglass, and they never will. So Douglass, to me, not only is uh, Douglass the forgotten prophet, but he's also America's greatest writer, thinker, speaker, philosopher when it comes to liberty. You, and, and if we're serious about defending liberty, Randy, it's about defending the Constitution, if we're serious about defeating Marxism, we must leverage, I contend, the liberty message of Frederick Douglass because that's what resonates with most Americans. 
because Douglas wasn't a racist. He was a victim of racism. He didn't, he didn't own any slaves. He was a slave. So he affirmed the founders. He affirmed the Constitution. He talked about liberty. And Karl Marx, talk, Karl Marx and Frederick Douglass were both born in 1818. Karl Marx was born in Germany. Karl Marx never had a real job in his life. He, he, in my view, Karl Marx is the, was the poster child for white privilege. His daddy was a lawyer. Karl Marx married into money. So Karl Marx became a theorist about oppression. Frederick Douglass, on the other hand, had real life experiences about oppression. You know, I had never. That's why. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, please finish your thought. Well, that's why I contend that while the left is lifting up Karl Marx as liberty advocates, Something, and, uh, ooh, something's happening with your uh, – I don't know if you're on a Bluetooth or – Yeah, my Bluetooth, my Bluetooth just went out. I'm back now. All right. Get that phone right up close to your mouth then because you do sound yeah, a little distant. Bluetooth. That's better. That's what good. I was saying was the left has kept Karl Marx on their team, and that's what they follow his writing and philosophy. The way we're going to defeat Marxism and save our republic, we got to get Frederick Douglass on our team. Give him the ball and get the heck out of the way. He's a franchise player. Karl Marx can't stand toe-to-toe. Marxism, that philosophy, can't stand toe-to-toe with a former slave. Well, I, I love his love for the republic. I love the, so we got to leverage that. Yeah, I love the analogy, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the show as well. I think I mentioned it to Priscilla Ron when she was on, that on July 2nd, that was a Saturday, my regular Saturday show, um, as Oh, we lost K. Carl. We're going to try and call him back? Okay. Well, for if you're just joining the show, and, and I'll reiterate this to K. Carl if we get him back, that I, I read big chunks of the Frederick Douglass, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July speech. And what part of what was so incredibly powerful about it is he lambasted slavery. He lambasted the people who continued to support it. He lamb, He expressed with incredible clarity and trepidation, he announced before the start of the speech, "I'm not a great speaker, and I've, I, you know, I've come into this august place um, to tell truths." And he knew that it was going to be, I'm sure, controversial, perhaps even dangerous for him. But man, oh man, he brought it home. He brought it home in such a powerful way. And uh, so, if you've never read that speech, it's a, it's a long one. I, I think I I. Listened. I looked up a recording of it. Uh, obviously, it's not Frederick Douglass, but someone else reading that speech at a pretty normal pace. And I think it was 46, 47, 48 minutes long or something like that. And if you read through it, until he you know, really makes his closing points, you, would, you think that he is just savaging America and its, and its slavery history and America— and the Constitution with the three-fifths clause and, and the other pieces that uh, the left takes such advantage of. But if you take that speech all the way through to the end, um, it's Frederick Douglass standing proudly and powerfully for everything that that Constitution stands for, for all people that live here and belong here because they're you know legally invited, legally living here. And so it takes some time if you want to, or or if you don't, you know, people love the um, audio books now. Find a recording of somebody reading that forty-six minute speech. Just make sure it's not a lefty. 
because you'll just get sick of the things that they emphasize from that speech when the speech itself and, and we've got K. Carl Smith back. K. Uh, I, K. Carl, I was just sort of filling in while we tried to get you back on the line, sharing sort of my my interpretation of and, and what I got out of the Frederick Douglass, what to the slave is the 4th of July speech, which I spent some time sharing with my audience on July 6th my or July 2nd, my Saturday show yeah. before the 4th of July. And um, so anyway, you're back now. And, and I just uh, everything that you're saying rings so true to me. I read Frederick Douglass's biography as a kid growing up, um, Harriet Tubman, Tubman and, and others, um, Helen Keller, just people who overcome overcame tremendous odds. I didn't read it with an eye to color or anything else. I was inspired as a child by the courage of these people. And, you know, I didn't grow up in an age where I was polluted with the leftist ideology that we have to be whites are now, you know, victimizers and, and blacks are victims no matter their station in life. And so I, I really hear you when you talk about how those messages can just simply reach across to people. Now, with, oh, yeah. Drop, with yeah. dropping you there, we're up against a break. Can you stay with us? And we Because I really want to continue to tell your story. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay, very good. And to the callers on the line, please be patient with me. Um, we will try to get to everybody before the end of the show. But I really want uh, K. Carl to have an opportunity to tell you about what he's doing right now and what he's seen over the more than a decade now that he's been sharing the message as a Frederick Douglass Republican. So I hope you'll stay with us. We'll continue on the Stephan Tubb Show here in just a minute. I'm Randy Corporate, and you're listening to 710KNUS. We're back at 624. Appreciate the patience of callers. But K. Carl Smith, first time I've had him on in a while, first time I've talked to him, except for just a couple of minutes on Thursday during our RNC prayer call. Um, and it was just a fabulous, it was just so great to introduce you to all of those wonderful people, K. Carl. Appreciate you sticking around through the break. And I'm just wondering, as I'm in my second year now as the Republican National Committee man, if I need to um, maybe pass a resolution or f- um, make a motion to change my name to the Frederick, Repub- Frederick Douglass Republican National Committee man. Think there's any room for that on the RNC? You'd be wise to do so because <laughs> that'd be the first step. You have to improve your brand. <laughs> Without a doubt, I, I tell you the the messaging is so. The Democrats are so good at labeling and messaging and trashing and. You know, I've always I pushed back on Rush Limbaugh a little bit when he first made those statements about the, you know, just stop using the term conservative because they've trashed it. The same thing can be said about the Tea Party. And my argument has always been, look, man, stand your ground and make the case why why those words. We're not going to let the left change the meaning of the words or dictate to us, you know, what words best, you know, describe our positions and our actions or where we stand uh, but the bottom line is there's got to be some pragmatism built in and conservative. Sure, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the left, they're not doing it. They've already done it. Yeah. I mean, you tell somebody you're conservative, you just grew seven heads. So it's not working. So why are we going to continue to do something? You know it's not going to work. You know it's going to lead to defeat. Why, why are we going to keep doing it? And uh, so the best thing to do is to leverage Douglas's liberty message and – that would help improve the brand, but you can't just do it as a gimmick. You got to be really sincere about this in terms of the life and prime values of Douglas. So, no, Rush is right. He like it's just, it's just a matter of fact. We're getting our clocks clean when it comes to. Uh, I hate to give this guy any credit, but he hit the nail on the head. This is Saul Alinsky. He said on one occasion, he said, 
what the ones who control the language will win the masses. That's what the left's been cleaning our clock with. And so we got to turn that around. And uh, Frederick Douglass is the answer. So we should be thankful as liberty advocates that we have the life and the literary legacy of Frederick Douglass to lean on to ignite America's passion for liberty and send the Marxist liberals back to France. For people, you know, I I played this uh, Rush Limbaugh. It's only a minute long. I played it uh, at the start of the show. For people who are just joining us, I think maybe I'll take a minute and let them hear exactly what we're talking about. So stand by for just a second. Sure. Sure. I look at I I don't like having to say this, but uh, being honest with you and with myself is is paramount. And I can tell you, and you know this without me telling you that. If, if conservatism and liberalism are brands, the left has succeeded in destroying the, destroying the brand of conservative. All you have to say the word conservative and they think you're talking about a Nazi or a racist. Pushing conservatism is not the answer. So I would suggest to you, when you're out and about and you're doing, if you, if you run a, uh, into an, uh, an occasion where you have the opportunity to talk politics, people that don't agree with you. Do not use the word conservative. Do everything else, but don't call yourself that. Don't promote it. We've got a brand problem. It's time we, I I hate it. I hate having to admit it. Get rid of it. Stop calling yourself that. Just be one. Just talk to people as one. You know what I think? I think you're going to find if we do this, that you're going to have far more people agree with your solutions than will disagree if you don't identify yourself first. As a conservative, yeah, that was that was pretty powerful. And you know, Kay Carl, I just think back to all of the um, Republican events I go to, my Tea Party meetings, which are wall to wall these days, hundred plus people. We fill the building. We need a bigger venue. Um, and and we're because we're preaching to the choir. Those words, those specific words, just resonate so much with us. Constitutional conservative, Tea Party patriot, Republican, in that order. I love saying that about myself because the order of those priorities is important as well. Republican last, everything else that fuels the reason that I'm involved as a Republican. But to, but if I was standing up in a black church or walking into a different neighborhood uh, and the first time they see me, uh, I understand I, that would that would not be the approach to take. You, you, it's not just a black neighborhood. You can't go through the airport talking about your conservative. <laughs> so – because our young people today, when they go to college and they get this social indoctrination, they're being taught that conservatives are racist. And sometimes these young people think that conservatives are not even human beings. So that's just the, just the truth of the matter. So this, we, we're not going to save our nation with that. And that's what I've been advocating since 2008. And Rush Limbaugh agrees with me. The other thing is, Randy, is that we shouldn't be afraid of change. Uh, because change. Um, brings growth. We should be we should be afraid of doing something different to you know to move forward. We're not going to move forward. I mean, you're not going to <laughs> when you say constitutional conservative because the left has demonized demonized the word constitution too. When you talk about your constitutional conservative, that's what you're saying. But what people are hearing is, oh, you're a racist, racist. Mm. It's, it's just what we're dealing with. Yeah. But but the 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 new dawn is. Thank God we have the life and the liberty message of Frederick Douglass 
to lean on if we are wise to do it. I, you know, I can give people the strategy on how to trump the race car, pun intended, how to have conversations with people and not confrontations, how to, be, how to be on the offense and not the defense. I can give you the strategy, but I can't give you the will. That's up to every individual. I can give you the strategy. The strategy works. I was in the airport, and I tell the story all the time, when I was advising President Trump, flying from Birmingham to Washington, D.C. quickly, Randy. So I'm in the airport, had on my Trump cap uh, with a presidential seal on it, black man in Atlanta airport waiting on, waiting on this flight. Okay, that's, that's, that's in the lion's den, okay? So but I'm looking to have conversations with people. So right across in front of me was three members of Black Lives Matter. They had their Black Lives Matter T-shirt on. They looked at me, I looked at them, they looked at me, and I said, how you like my cap? to get the conversation going. And so, and they say, oh, you, you support President Trump? And I pull a quote from Frederick Douglass, and I said, I'll support anybody who wants to do right, and nobody wants to do wrong. Then we got into a conversation, talked about the Constitution, and they brought up the three-fifth clause, Randy. And I shared with them what Frederick Douglass said about the three-fifth clause. They said, we didn't, we didn't know that. So here's what I learned. Most people who've embraced this, this whole socialist Marxist philosophy never heard the liberty message based on the writings and speeches of Frederick Douglass. We got to leverage it. I think I had a very, I think I had a pretty good impact upon them because each one of them bought a copy of my book, Randy, and I didn't give them a discount. <laughs> i tell you what, man, I love the fact that you are the modern day Frederick Douglass Republican. You're the modern day FDR. Well, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to make myself scalable, Randy. Yeah. I just can't be it by myself. My goal, and I, I know we're going to probably talk about it, but I'm launching a project in two weeks. It's called Unite America Project. And what we're doing between now up to the election and after the election, uh, traveling to all nine swing states. And I'm going there speaking uh, and training. The goal is 100,000 people between now and the election on being Frederick Douglass Liberty Ambassadors. And can you imagine if you got 100,000 people who know how to engage and have conversations with people and ignite other person's passion for liberty, each one of them can engage one or two more people and change how they vote? That's it. We can save this nation. We can turn things around. So we can, I'm going to do some in-person training and also have the online course to really get that number to 100,000. So uh -huh. um, if, if more folks want to know about this, especially the training, and I can, I'll see some information uh, about what we're doing, where we're going to go, is diversityengagement.org, diversityengagement.org. We can learn more about the FDR message, um, some of the testimonies we have on there, and the, the proof that this thing works, Randy. Uh, this is the answer, and the left has no answer for it. I thank God for allowing me to do something great for him, um, and this is the answer to save this nation. Douglas save the nation before when he was advisor to Abraham Lincoln, when the nation was divided. Hey, Carl, was hey, Carl Smith is on the phone. The website, diversityengagement.com or .org. I found out that both of them work, diversityengagement.org. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely want to spread the word about these trainings. Obviously, we're not a battleground state here in Colorado right now, but you've got to go where you can make the most impact. And I remember during the run-up to the uh, Trump election, uh, that you were a welcome part of that. And it sounds like some of the folks in the Trump administration were also interested in your message and your method of messaging. Is that is my recollection correct on that? It, it, it needed to be more. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, because it, it, it didn't, 
that's did you feel line. did you feel like the token Frederick Douglass Republican? No, no. The the problem was Randy. I have problem with political operatives. That's the problem. The problem wasn't President Trump. The problem was the political operatives because they're not going to take on an idea that they can't control and didn't create because it might write them out of the budget. Uh, yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah, we, I mean, that's such a big problem in our elections, The these yep. people who just make money off of the elections, not off of the results. And they hire the same people over and over, the same consultant class that make dollars off of every mailer and every commercial and an outcome and principle be damned, it seems like, in many of those cases. I, I wonder, you know, you walked up to the Black Lives Matter folks and you were in your big, bright red Trump hat and they wound up buying your books and they loved your message about – Frederick Douglass Republicans, or at least they listen to it, and it gives it a chance to sink in and percolate a little bit. But what if what if uh, old white faced, gray haired Randy in a Trump hat had walked up to him? Do you think I would have gotten the same kind of um, reaction if if I would have introduced so. myself as a really as if go ahead? More so the the the, the Frederick Douglass Republican engagement strategy it is more powerful and effective when a person that uh, when a black person is not leveraging it. Excuse me, let me be flat. Yeah, interesting. When a white person, when a white person leverages this and know how to use our employer engagement strategy, it's more powerful and effective when they use it versus when I use it as a black man. Here's why: you don't, you're not going to expect a white conservative to say, "I hold Frederick Douglass in high esteem and I agree with his life and power and values." Because why? Because white conservatives are supposed to be racist, right? What? So why is the white racist going to elevate Douglass? So that right there creates an oxymoron in people's minds. So when you have the content to come behind the phrase, I'm afraid that Doug is Republican, race comes off the table. Uncle Tomism comes off the table. Now you're driving the narrative. Because most folks, I would say about over 90% of Americans, don't know the substance of Frederick Douglass. So if I carefully carefully study show myself approved. I get a copy of Kay Carl's book, make sure I understand what a Frederick Douglass Republican is and, and know how to employ an engagement strategy. I'm driving the narrative now. I'm, I'm not on the defense anymore. I know how to respond to the challenges. I know what to say. I know what words to use, what words not to use. That's all part of that training. And, um, and so did, we, we have developed this persuasive messaging model that absolutely is the game changer. Is, I'm not going to let modesty prevent me from saying that. Was it your uh, perception that the the Black Lives Matters folks recognized the name Frederick Douglass Republican? Is that well they're known looking, in our poorly educated oh, yeah. oh, society yeah. right they now? They recognized the name, okay. but they didn't know the substance. I knew the substance. I drove the narrative, and it's and, and impact their minds. I broke their brain basically. And when you break someone's brain, you create curiosity. They want to know more of what you're talking about. That's why you gotta have to, you gotta have the substance to back up the phrase. Just can't other the phrase President Republican. You gotta have some substance and content to go with it. Okay, Carl, I gotta tell you, man, your passion has not waned in the many, many years that I've known you. It sounds like the movement is growing. The the time is right. The book is Frederick Douglass Republicans, the movement to reignite America's passion for liberty. Get that at Amazon or uh, order it multiple places. And the website is diversity uh, engagement.org. And when you come to the website, sign up for the free online, not free, sign up for the online course. You get a free copy of the book. And Rand, I got another book coming out in probably three months. This book is entitled Telling Conservatives the Truth. 
Wow. Can't wait. Well, make sure you let me know um, when that comes out so I can get a copy of it and then talk to you all about that one as well. When's, when's the Look due date? Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Tell Casper and Priscilla, say hello. I will. When's the due date on the new book? About three months out. I, 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 right. I try to get it done before the election, but I don't think I'm going to get it there. But because uh, I'm traveling, doing other things, especially with this project, we're getting off the ground. So yeah. probably about two months out. Well, I admire what you're doing. Love you, brother. And thank you so much for the time in Denver today. Appreciate it. How are you? All right. 639, let's squeeze in a quick call with Ben and Morrison, who's been waiting forever. We're going to try and finish the show with calls, and especially thanks to everybody who's waited on the lines. Ben, good afternoon. Yeah, hi. I was just curious. Were you trying to defend the actions of Kyle Fitzsimmons earlier? I wasn't trying to defend the actions of Kyle Fitzsimmons necessarily. I don't know those actions. I instead was sharing uh, the power of a progressive left-wing Democrat attorney doing her job and explaining that for the vast majority of us, the idea of stopping the legal and constitutional process that was underway on January 6th uh, was anathema to anything that we wanted to have happen that day. And that applies to the vast majority of the people who were there. Okay. I'm just making sure because, I mean, he's he's on record. He had an officer named Gunnell who basically testified against him that, yes, he assaulted him. There's another officer named Wen who said he pulled off his mask. There's another officer that was there, Sarah Beaver, who corroborated all the evidence. There's body cam footage. And there's a great, great documentary called Four Hours at the Capitol that shows, like, pictures of this guy. And then I wish, like, more people would watch this documentary because if you see the 180 of what, like, a lot of the things just show on screenshots of what's happening where you see this person and go around to what's happening 60 to 70 feet behind this guy, it is despicable what these MAGA morons were doing out there. It wasn't the FBI. It wasn't Antifa. It was MAGA people that were doing this. Well, who's Ray Epps, Ben? Ray Epps is a MAGA supporter who basically got pulled into a lot of this stuff. He's been he's been in hiding due to misinformation that was spread online. He's not an FBI informant. All that stuff has been debunked. Why why did bogus. the FBI have him on as the as the number one suspect and then pull him off and then put him into hiding when he's on video encouraging people to go to the Capitol, go into the Capitol, up against barriers uh, to push things down, knock things down. And then he was, like, brought out, and another person testified. He was like, hey, don't be rowdy here. These cops are just trying to do their job. This is what one of the people testified and came out and said. And he didn't go into hiding. The FBI didn't put him into hiding. He had to go into hiding because MAGA supporters are so damn stupid that they think he's an FBI informant. And they're trying to, like, kill his family and, like, do this outrageous stuff to him now. Well, I I hear that garbage all the time, but I never see evidence of the trying to kill. In fact, so often you get to the bottom of these so-called death threats, people acting like they're MAGA supporters and they're radical leftists, just like the the folks who got out of their clothes and put on their own video. Yeah, like the guy in Cincinnati, like the guy in Cincinnati who just went to the FBI office. Yeah, that was a leftist, right? Um, Uh-oh. Pro- <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, there, there's, a, there's an exception to every rule, Ben. But are you saying no. – are you, th- are you disagreeing with my ultimate point that for um, folks who were wanting the constitutional legal process of challenging the electoral college votes, 
that was underway for the very first time, even though Democrats had been trying to get both a House member and a Democrat member in multiple previous presidential elections to start that process, that we wanted that process stopped with violence? Yes, the constitutional... Absolutely not. The constitutional process ended in November. Flat wrong, Ben. Flat wrong. I wish I had more time for this, but maybe call Saturday and I'll educate you a bit on that process uh, itself. Adobe. Thanks, Ben. Good <laughs> to hear dope. from you. See what we get with left-wingers. <laughs> God, they sound like fools. All right, it's 6.43. we got about 17 minutes left in the Stefan Tubbs show. Lines are full except for the goofy Ben's line. 303-696-1971 if you'd like to join in. Final check of the news, at least during the show. I think we have one at the top of the hour. But Lori Kelman is standing by. I'm Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. Hmm. Man, we are about out of show at 649 on the Stephan Tubbs Show. Randy Corcoran here. And back tomorrow morning from 9 to noon, which is good because I did not get to uh, Joe Biden's disastrous pull out of Afghanistan as we hit the year anniversary and the four lies, just quick, short lies that I've got on the board that I want to share with you and remind you how these Democrats lie. Didn't get to have some fun with the current press secretary who um, just literally has nothing to say. And we'll come back around and take care of that tomorrow morning, 9 to noon, and, and also get to more of your calls. Before I go back to the phones, though, I just want to look back on our last caller, Giggle Dopey from Morrison. And I wish Giggle Dopey had been around in, you know, he said that uh, the the constitutional process in the election was over in November. And so I just wish Giggle Dopey had been around in 2001 when Maxine Waters from California stood up and said, the objection is in writing and I do not care that it is not signed by a member of the Senate, legally attempting to utilize the Electoral Count Act of 1887 to challenge the votes, but she didn't have a senator. And Vice President Al Gore said at that time, the chair will advise that the rules do care. That was his own election. I wish Giggle Dopey had been around in 2005 when a Democrat representative from Ohio and then-Senator Barbara Boxer from California stood up to challenge George Bush's victory. And I wish Giggle Dopey from Morrison had been around in 2017 when Representative Democrat Representative Pramila Jayapal from Washington stood up and objected, but she did not have a senator signed off, and, um, and Joe Biden told her that it is over and moved forward. But that wasn't the case in 2020. There was a representative and there was a senator. So no one wanted that legal process, that legal challenge that was about to get underway to be stopped. And if it wouldn't have happened, if it wouldn't have gotten done, we would have been satisfied. We certainly did not want violence to overtake that particular incident. And Giggle Dopey from Morrison knows it. Anyway, let's get to Brian in Arvada before we run out of time. Brian, thanks for waiting. Welcome to the show. Hey, Randy. I want to thank you to begin with because you're you actually stand up for the people, and you don't compromise. I'm thinking the problem is we all we all we're all trying to rationalize with the irrational people. We're on the uh, defense too much. It's time we start going on the offense. And I'll give you an example. Along the way, I guess it was World War One, maybe, 
Uh, I could be wrong on this one. But we decided, well, we'll pay a, a tax. We'll have to file every year. How is it that we, the people that are so free, have to report to somebody? It doesn't make any sense. We should have a consumption tax. We actually have to go on the offense, guys. We have to quit being cowards. We got to say never again with this whole COVID thing. Why are we letting people control us? Uh, what are you thinking, Randy? Well, I, I'll tell you, Brian. When it comes to the tax, they not only do they do they um, do we now voluntarily turn over twenty five or more percent of our paycheck, but they make us they take it out before we ever see it, so we don't feel the pain. We never actually see that money, so it doesn't hurt so much. If everybody got their gross pay and then had to every month or every quarter or once a year send in their actual taxes, there would be a revolt in this country. But they so cleverly made it just smooth and easy because we never see the money. The government gets their chair first. It's just incredible. But, Randy, but Randy, how did we get to a spot where it, it's supposed to be we're free, we the people, where we got to report to the elitists what we make? And, and mind you, their tax code, I guess I've never read Harry Potter or nothing, but I guess it's the whole series. That's their tax code. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're giving them an opportunity to control us. Instead of getting the smart people and going, hey, guys, if you want to participate in the economy, we'll get, we're going to give you a consumption tax. So some guy might come in and say, listen, you're going to pay an extra five cents for your loaf of bread, but this is what I'm going to provide for you. And another guy might come in and say, well, you're going to pay an extra 10 cents, but this one I'm going to provide for you. But instead, they got us under lock and key by making us file every year and report to them. So that's not freedom. Yeah, one of many ways we've turned you know, it over. Brian, I'm going to jump just because I want to squeeze in one more right, call. I Feel love you, f- and I thank you, Randy. Thanks, Brian. I'll be back Saturday if you want to say more. I hate to cut people off. But let's get to Joan in Broomfield. Good afternoon, ma'am. Hey, I want to ask folks to get a paper and pencil if possible, because this weekend is going to be an incredible election seminar, meaning taking a look at what the experts across the country have exposed on how our our elected officials get to be elected officials, okay? So um, go to frankspeech.com, and that's F as in Frank, R-A-N-K, speech, S-P-E-E-C-H dot com. It's going to be from 8 in the morning tomorrow morning until 8 at night. And you get to see at 8 o'clock they're going to start the um, uh, selection code film that Tina Peters uh, will present some of her um, information on Mesa County. So uh, it's repeated also at 8 p.m. So uh, from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., there'll be the repeat of Saturday's show. And it starts again on Sunday morning at 9, 9 uh, Mountain Time. All these times that I'm giving you are, are our time zone. And um, it'll go from 9 in the morning till 9 at night and repeated at 9 p.m. till uh, 9 in the morning. All right, so that's Frank, frankspeech.com. Frankspeech.com. Okay? Yeah, that's an easy one. and Because, uh, of course, we don't want anybody missing the Saturday morning programming. Well, here on we're going to turn them out, and we're going Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. All right, whatever. 6.55, and uh, yeah, there'll be some amazing information coming out, and uh, we've got to bring that piece home. Uh, I admire the people who continue not to back down. I exposed the BS that went on in the recount. 
petition, the quarter million dollar recount. There's a lawsuit pending on that right now. The um, ballots have to be certified. I put my calendar away after I got that out to share those dates with you. But let me hear it is. By September 12th, the ballots have to be certified. So the election challenge will have to be resolved by then. I think there's a status conference on September 1st. Courts have been moving fast. There should be a hearing right here in Denver, Colorado, uh, to assess whether that recount was legal and require another one. Um, If not, and uh, ballots have to be certified by September 12th. They have to be mailed out 22 days before the election. Man, oh, man, it is all coming so very fast. Just like this show wrapped up quickly, um, I will be back tomorrow, 9 to noon. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. Hope you can join us. We'll get into some of these other things. I have my letter from Jared Polis. From Thank you, Jared, for giving me my money back and taking full credit for it right before an election. I'm just, I know there was no surreptitious motives there. Tomorrow I'll have Lauren Boebert on as well. Her new book, My American Life, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, forward by Senator Ted Cruz. Really, really looks good. I just got it a few days ago from Lauren. She signed it. I will not tell you what she wrote. But uh, that'll be an amazing interview. So thank you very much. Really appreciate you staying with us for these four hours. Aaron Lapidus will be here Monday for Stefan. Stefan will be back Tuesday. Again, I'll see you on Saturday. My name's Randy Corcoran. Always remember, please never, ever forget, God loves you. So do I. Never, ever stop fighting for your freedom. Talk to you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.